Hello, coaches. Welcome to today's Real Talk. We are so happy to have you join us today. Um, this is going to be, eh, it depends on how you look at life. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> um, we've got something up our sleeve today, as you know, we all usually do. But no, we're really so glad that you're here. Uh, I believe that you're here on purpose and you're probably supposed to hear today's message. And so it just depends on how uh, our coaches deliver them today. So <laughs> y'all going to be kind, right? I mean, well, we know Tim won't be, but I mean, I'll, well, no, look at Justin. Yeah, he's already. So I yeah. Personal brand to maintain. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have a personal brand to maintain, which apparently includes not putting the microphone down near the mouth. <laughs> I was going to say, you just got your started. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're so glad that you started telling us, everyone, uh, where you're from and just kind of introducing yourselves there quickly. That's great. We always like to see where everyone's uh, listening in from. Um, so you know how this works. If, uh, if you are a first timer, tell us that if you would. If this is the first time you've been on a real talk with us, let us know that in the chat box, if you would. And we'll see how many first time. Oh, look at that. We got a ton of first timers. Look at that. Holy mackerel. I uh, love it. Love it. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess I kind of maybe apologize for uh, our discussion today, but maybe not uh, if you're a first timer and if you're a second or third or 20th timer, um, today's message is for you. But before we get into the message, I just want to remind you, uh, we do have uh, the obviously the chat box that all of you are using. Uh, one of the things about the chat box is sometimes it defaults to us uh, as the hosts and panelists. And what we'd like you to do is go down there uh, at the bottom where you have, it says two. And if you would just click on that and see where it says everyone and you click on everyone and then everyone can see what you're saying. And we really would, unless you have a specific message just to us here, um, I would like you to use everyone so that we can have everyone see each other's messages. So um, on the count of three, everyone click on everyone. One, two, three, everyone. Okay. I think we got it now. What do you think? Okay. All right. So <clears throat> uh, we also uh, would uh, be uh, thankful to have you very active inside that chat box and give us your thoughts and give us your ideas and, and, and just tell us how you're feeling about um, the conversation at hand. Um, and we may even ask for your opinion on time and time, depending on uh, what we're talking about. But I have Tim Mann with me today. I've got Justin Weaver and the most delightful, the most wise and brilliant coach in the world, Lisa Barber. Uh, you all know her. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, she hates so being patronized. <laughs> who the says that is coming to less after this call is going to be amazing. I'm here for all who of it. Says... <laughs> the, uh, the coaches know what I'm talking about. Okay. They know that I'm being honest. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yep. See, Lisa's amazing. See, they're all confirming it. All right. So, Although there was a guy on there that said that uh, Justin did a good job on his call yesterday. So he has a fan too. So I didn't see anything about you, Tim. I don't know. Um, yeah, it so, doesn't surprise me. So, <laughs> all right, to, Tim. Uh, Sybil, no, Sybil don't say is, Tim is perfect. No, oh, we got a couple on, on there. And Tim, to, a couple even congratulations. Did you catch that, Tim, on the baby still? So 
Yeah. I have to fire. I know. I don't know if you caught that because the chat box is moving really fast. It's moving quick, but yes, three months old now, mm -hmm. and he is a blast. Daria said Tim is perfect. I have to uh, fire her for my mastermind. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Tim is perfect. That'll go to his head, Daria. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, well, listen, we talk about a lot of things on here, and a lot of times we like to be. I don't know if we get fluffy very often, but this is not a fluffy conversation today because we're just going to get real. We call this real talk. And when we envisioned this, we envisioned having these kinds of difficult conversations with you as coaches. And so that's why it's called real talk. There really isn't a lot of fluff. So today's topic, I just, I just want to tell you where this came from. So I was in a as so many of us are on Sunday morning, you're getting a good message from the pastor. And then, and then our pastor says this. He said, you know, what we need to do is quit focusing on removing our insecurities. And instead, we need to focus on removing our excuses. And I instantly almost fell out of my chair and thought to myself, this is a real talk. <laughs> I mean, it just didn't take me long at all. Uh, because we has, as collective coaches here with Tim, Lisa, and Justin, we've had these conversations for, I mean, countless, countless, probably thousands of times. And so there's all kinds of ways that you can paint this. Right, Lisa? There's all kinds of ways we can paint this idea of insecurities and getting rid of those. Uh, maybe I could try that same time frame. And instead, maybe work on the excuses, right? Mm -hmm. Have you had this conversation yeah. ever before? Uh, are you asking, like, when I'm looking in the mirror and having this conversation? <laughs> well, we can somebody? start with that, right? We can start time, with that. Right, right. Um, because when you did say that, he Les came in Monday, and that was one of the first things he, you know, as we were having a conversation outside of, you know, work stuff, um, that was one of the first things he talked about. And he started to talk with all of us about it, that because it did powerfully, you could tell powerfully hit him. And um, I, I did start in that moment, uh, trying really hard to train my brain with this a lot of ways, is when somebody reveals something that has personally affected them, is asking myself, how does that affect me too? Because there was something behind it, right? We have somebody wise, somebody who's listening to the Holy Spirit, who's paying attention, you know, and says something that this affected me. I need to pay attention to that. And so I did, Les. I, I, I thought about a lot, but I thought about it in the context of my own excuses, my own insecurities. And um, I asked myself a lot of questions around those. Uh, when do I use my excuses? versus when I don't, mm -hmm. and it is when I'm insecure. The, my excuses are the result of my insecurities. Mm. And um, and it, for me, anyway, that seems to be how it's going. And, you know, it's much like our money, uh, you know, when I can focus on, when we, we help our clients or when we did it ourselves, focused on getting our money under control, we were able to go to the underlying roots and really work and focus on the underlying roots. And that's what I noticed about this statement when I took it to heart and really reflected on it, is that when I notice the, uh, the excuses, when I notice something comes up, what am I gonna do about that? But it doesn't stop there, Les. For me, it mm -hmm. goes deeper. I have to get to 
where the insecurity came from. But if I go straight to the insecurity I, and I'm focused on that, when I've done that, I've done that twice this week that I've noticed, I actually start making more excuses. It's, it's just a <laughs> perpetuation of it, you know? So, but if I, if I take captive those excuses and say, put it to rest and change my thought and behavior, then the root, I can really get to the insecurity root, or at least that's what's working for me with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What came to your mind when we said that, Justin, I'll bet you've never been insecure. <laughs> You know, a, a question came to my mind when you read this out uh, the first time, and I had to work on it a little bit to get the wording right. But here's the question that I heard when you said um, the thing about insecurities and excuses. <clears throat> here's the question that came to my mind. When I make exceptions, am I doing that for them or for me? Because that's where I found that this mostly played in my life. Um, the excuse of, well, they can't afford it. They can't pay for it. The excuse of, well, um, they probably don't want to move forward. So I'm not, I'm not going to follow up with them, right? These are things that have, that over my career, I've um, had to deal with. And I was making excuses to not do the thing that I knew I probably should do or to hold to my boundaries or to hold to my values. And I, I would, I would put it on an exception, them, right? My client, my, my situation. And what, what your quote really challenged for me is, uh, am I really doing that for them? Or is it more that I'm doing that for me? And I think that's really the challenge that you gave me on Monday when you first brought up this quote to the team. Um, and that's, that's where I went with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tim, you're a deep thinker. <laughs> Plus, mm -hmm. you've worked with many on this subject and encouraged others. But how did it strike you personally? For me, it starts in understanding the definitions a little bit, right? Anytime that we toss around a really heavy statement like this, I think it's important that we start with the definition of what do we mean, right? And so there's a difference between safety and security. Safety is I'm in an environment where nothing can harm me. Secure is I'm in an environment where there are things that can harm me, but there are things that can protect me from it, right? And so there's a difference between being safe and being secure. And so if you're looking for safety in the world of coaching, you will not find it. There is no safety in coaching. Right? There is no place that you can go where nothing can hurt you, can challenge your ego, can cause you to force uh, or to face rejection, can, can cause you these things. To, the only way to be safe in coaching is to not get into coaching at all. Coaching is not a safe place for us as the coach. I know this is going to sound weird. It, it should be a safe place for our clients, but we're going to wrestle with some fears that we can't share with our clients. We're going to wrestle with some internal fears that we can't put on those other people. So instead, we have to focus on our securities. Right. What do we have the ability to do? How do we actually build security? How do we actually build the ability to handle the challenges that come up rather than creating excuses? And so insecurity means that I don't have the ability to face the challenge in front of me. I don't have the tools, the resources, the know-how, the whatever it is 
to take on the challenge that has stepped in to my space. And these insecurities then cause us to make excuses. Because I don't have this thing, I won't step into the arena. Because I don't have this resource, because I don't have this tool, because I don't have this knowledge area, I'm not going to go and get started. Right? And, and for me, like this tears at my soul. Because for those of you that have had conversations with me, you know that I am a big guy when it comes to purpose. I love discussing purpose. I love finding purpose, meaning and purpose through all these different things. If you've uh, gone through and you're in our graduate program, you've jumped on my mental health calls. If you've listened to me talk about things and other things, I think purpose is one of the greatest things that we can chase after, strive for, and find in our world. And the problem is that living with excuses instead of insecurities keeps us from living in purpose and on purpose. And so like when I heard this statement that you threw out there last, like I was so like, oh, that's so accurate. And I see it all the time and I've seen it in myself and I see it in so many of the people that I talk to, both trying to figure out their personal financial situations, but also people trying to get started in coaching. And so to understand where does our security come from? How do I build security? How do I build into a spot where I'm not afraid to say or do or live in the purpose that I need to live in? I get to experience uh, the calling that I've got and kind of live those things through is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we can all have insecurities, can't we? Absolutely. I mean, all of us, obviously everyone on this call, right? We can all have insecurities. In fact, I just shared yesterday, I was on a boot camp call with a group and some of them are even on here uh, today, but I shared with them that <clears throat> I just celebrated this week, 30 years of being uh, graduating from Larry Burkett. So I started, uh, I got my official training 30 years ago this week and I was telling the group, I remember I was so excited, but at the same time I kept telling myself, I can't do this. Are you kidding me? And you know why for me, for me, it was 20 years earlier and I'm giving away my age behaved him. Okay. So 20 years earlier, I graduated from high school, 1973, and we joke about it here now. But I've, I've always just confessed that I failed every math class in high school. <laughs> Those are, that's the reality. I failed every math class in high school. Somehow I still graduated uh, by the hair, my chinny chin chin, right? But I told this group, I said, here, it was 20 years later. And I've got this certificate and spent a whole week with Larry Perquette and the crew over there in Georgia. And I, I, I couldn't have had a better training except for the one we have now, of course. But I mean, <laughs> I couldn't have had a better training at that time. And yet I didn't believe that I could do this because I was thinking, who am I? I failed every math class 20 years ago. Are you kidding me? Who am I to help anybody with personal finance? And then my pastor basically said, hey, listen, <laughs> I just talked to somebody and uh, you know, I forgot their names now by now, but I, yeah, I just talked to the Smiths, whatever, right? He said, yeah, I told them that you could help them with their finances, so I'm gonna have them call you. And I'm like, no, don't do that. I can't help anybody. But of course I wanted to honor the pastor, so I was almost forced into it. And I came away with that very first session and I was going on the way home and I was thinking to myself, well, that actually went well. <laughs> And I got home, my wife was anticipating the whole thing. She goes, well, I said, well, it actually went okay. She said, duh, <laughs> you know, that's how, at least that's how our wives and you know, they support us, right? And so what that told me with her duh was that she had more faith in me than I had in myself. Mm -hmm. So why do we sabotage ourselves? Why do we sabotage? Okay. Sabotage? Say it. <laughs> why do we do what Tim said? Why do we do that to ourselves, Lisa? 
Why do we do what Tim says? Why? Why? <laughs> that is a great question. I ask myself on a daily basis. Oh, that was worth real talk right there. Ooh. That was it. <laughs> Why do we? Oh my goodness! That there are uh, people listening to this call. Okay, we'll try to get. Is this recording? Yeah, what, oh, I'm sorry. What, yeah. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, sabotage. We, we can sabotage, sabotage anything. Ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we have the passion to do this. I mean, everybody on this call has the heart to coach, right? And yet we can talk ourselves out of it with our insecurities. Well, and let yeah. me throw something out here because I, I saw uh, Carissa had put this thought in the chat box that said we compare ourselves to others. And, and y'all, that is 100% accurate. We compare mm. ourselves to others. And, and here's part of the weird thing, right? Here, here's a tough truth for you on a Wednesday morning or afternoon if you're in Eastern time, whenever it is you're listening to the recording. We compare ourselves to others, but so often we elevate others while lowering ourselves in the same process of comparison. Mm. It, we're not even doing an even comparison, right? We, we think, I've seen multiple of you sharing in the chat box here, the things that you're fearing of being rejected or not having enough value or not being able to answer the right question for somebody that comes in. And, and that assumes that they have all this knowledge about personal finance that you don't that assumes that they have all these things that they can lay out in front of them and, and you're coming in with nothing of value to offer. Here's the reality, coaches. By virtue of going through this training, you know more about personal finance than 80% of the American population. And by the way, there's a lot of people who know more about personal finance than you that are bad at it. <laughs> Dave Ramsey got a degree in finance and what did that degree in finance get him? A trip to bankruptcy court. It wasn't the degree, it wasn't the education, it wasn't the knowledge that he had about personal finance that allowed him to do something impactful and effective. It was getting into the dirt with the people he was working with and helping other people climb their way out. And so we have this idea of I'm not good enough to help anybody and everyone knows more than me or everyone's already ahead of me. You know, we've, we've got to break down some of these things. These are excuses. These are not real. This is something that's inside of our heads. And just because it's in your head doesn't mean it's not real, but it also means you can control it. You get to determine the scale of the comparison when you're comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. Tim. Theodore Roosevelt said that comparison is the thief of joy. I love that. The thief of joy. That's powerful. For those of you that this is your first real talk, you'll, you'll find that uh, we are open on these conversations and we we give some real talk and um you know there's the verse in the bible that faith without works is dead and mm -hmm. i think that can apply in our coaching world too knowledge without works is also dead and we can have all the financial knowledge and information and this is me talking to myself um in the world but if we don't put it to work and help other people with it. It's just like having a faith that you don't do anything with and help others out as well. And that's what I want to just have as an encouragement. Uh, this is not a condemnation for coaches that are on the call. If you find yourself like me, uh, I love learning and finding more knowledge and continuing to grow and develop myself. And those are good things. Um, but if I just keep it up here, and I don't bring it out to bless the people that we come across in our lives, what good has that knowledge done for me? And so step into it. Have, have confidence in yourself. Build up that confidence in yourself. Um, 
as we're talking about insecurities and excuses, right? It's mm. like, oh, I, I don't, well, I don't know enough yet, right? I, it, once I learn a little bit more, once I, I'm a little bit more comfortable, then I can step into that. And, you know, if I, if we had the ability to, to bring each one of you on this call into this call just for a second, uh, and we ask the question, have you ever had a conversation or ever been in a moment where there was someone you were talking to or in conversation with and you felt the moment and you felt that pull and that call, oh, I need, I need to say something here. I need to ask that question. I need to, I need to dig deeper. And you didn't. I've done that a lot. And I've let the moment go past me. Y'all, I think we've all been there. Well, and Justin, can I yeah. even take your, your thing a step further here? Y'all, we told you we were going to step on some toes, and this is going to be an uncomfortable conversation today. So here we go. And the other coaches didn't know I was about to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I believe it may, in fact, be immoral for you to have this level of knowledge and not share it with somebody. Right. If you actually have the keys to hope, if you actually have the opportunity to present real lasting change in someone's life, if you know what somebody can have, if they change these mindsets and these beliefs and these habits and these behaviors, how much do you have to hate them to not share this with somebody? Right? We, we talk about the Bible, a lot of these calls, there's this really interesting layout, this idea of this called the watchman in the book of Jeremiah. And it says, if this watchman sees the opposing army coming and calls out to the city, hey, the, the enemy's on the hill, and the people in the city do nothing, then it's not the responsibility or the, the problem of the watchman. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and says nothing, and the enemy shows up and slaughters everyone in the city, their blood is on the watchman's hands. It's the same thing for us as a coach, y'all. There is a moral responsibility that you take on when you learn these things. There is a moral responsibility you take on when you have this level of knowledge and insight and information that you can help other people change and to not use it to hold that in, to hold that and tight-fisted grip onto it, that, that is a level of fear caused by also greed, right? Caused by, the, it's, it's this tight-fisted, I'm gonna hold on to these things. I'm gonna hold on to all this hope. I'm not going to share it. And how do we justify that with ourselves? How, do we, how can we in good conscience lay our head on the pillow tonight and say, you know what? I have the keys to hope and I shared it with no one today. Now, not everyone's going to accept, and it's not meaning that you have to go out on a street corner with a bullhorn and scream, follow the baby steps or you're going to die, right? Like, that's not what anyone here is suggesting. But if you go days on end and you've not shared this with anybody, like, what are we doing here, y'all? What are we doing here, Lisa? Well... <laughs> You know, I, in, in keeping, I guess, maybe with the theme as the watchman, what, um, what strikes me is that we are to, above all else, guard our own hearts. Mm -hmm. Above all else, right? That means, y'all, listen, Proverbs, right? It's got a little wisdom in it. That means guarding it above our spouse. Guarding our heart above our children guarding our hearts above our money and our stuff, our possessions, our what my boss wants and all of these other things, guarding our hearts. And when we think, when I think about the idea of my insecurities, I have let my guard down. 
because it will stop me from doing protecting family, friends, loved ones from speaking out, Tim, from being bold and audacious in the name of the love of Jesus Christ. It's, it does keep you from that because I'm thinking about being exposed. Those insecurities for us, it, it becomes exposure, exposure. It's, you know, exposure to the sun. We're going to get burned. Right. Um, exposure to the cold. We're going to have hypothermia. I mean, it, there's a result that is not something we want when we feel as we're, as if we're about to be exposed, but guarding our hearts above all else will cause us to say, no matter what, I'm going to go love that person. Even if I might look like a fool. Even if they might reject me, I'm not focused on the outcome. You think about that for a moment and, you know, if my child was lost and the sun is blazing in the desert, I will risk that exposure to save that, that child, that person. You know, my heart is guarded. It's in the right place. So those insecurities, if I am spotlighting those, highlighting those, I'm not guarding my heart. I've let that guard down. And it does cause me to use the stupidest of excuses. Stupid excuse. Technology is is some of it. You know, my, my, I, I do it. I do it all the time. I, it, and I don't even notice it. That's why when Les, when you brought this up earlier in the week, I thought I've got to take notice. When is it an excuse? When is it, when is it an, a legitimate decision? Now that's different, right? When is it a legitimate decision to do or not to do something? But if I'm here to guard my heart, because everything I say and do flows from it, right? everything I say or do, if I let my guard down and I am allowing those insecurities, then those insecurities are going to flow from my heart. And if mm -hmm. my guard is up and I am focusing on what God wants me to focus on, I'm removed from the equation. It's not about me. It has nothing to do with me and how good I am or not good I am or it means that I'm standing in front of somebody that just needs me to look them in the eye and listen to what they're saying. That's it. I don't have to do anything. That's my coaching responsibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the beginning of it. And see, we could put in our heads that our responsibility is to inform and give information and to tell people this and to know it all. And it's not my responsibility. That is not it at all. I've lost it because I let my guard down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, how many people, honestly, unless they're just egomaniacs, right? Um, how many people literally feel confident in even something they're called to immediately? I absolutely, hands down, I got this. No problem whatsoever, right? Like I just mentioned, been coaching for 30 years. If I had a coaching session tonight, I have FPU, I don't have coaching, but I'd be a little nervous. Now, when I say that to coaches, sometimes they kind of give me that dog tilt, like, really? It's like, no, because I never know what 
my conversation is going to sound like with those particular people. I don't know their personality. I don't know their likes and dislikes yet. I'm going into that coaching session, unless I did a real good consultation, I feel like I got an, an idea of what's going on. But even in the session, a lot of times you get surprises even after the consultation, we all know that. And so I'm never gonna go in, I don't care how much, I could have been coaching for 50 years, I don't care. I'm not gonna go in with the attitude, I got this. Are you kidding me? I've been doing this for so long, piece of cake. Uh-uh, because pride goes before the fall. <laughs> and that's, that's not, I don't wanna be part of that first right there, right? And so if we all go into each coaching session with, you know, just a mindful spirit and, and a careful heart, right, then that's not the same as making excuses or insecurities. That's just being careful. That's just being genuine. And so, but what we have to do, right, coaches, is we've got to decide, are our insecurities creating excuses, right? How do we, how do we, decipher through that decision yeah i'm still i'm still working on what lisa was talking about too Les. um <laughs> she tends to do that to us by the way if you haven't she paid does. attention that's um, why i introduced her the way i did <laughs> well but you know it's it it's got me thinking along with what you were talking about um approaching each session like it's your first again Right. Having that that humble spirit to walk into that um, helps us keep from making assumptions uh, mm. about the client or the situation or, oh, I've seen this before. Or, oh, I know where it's going to yeah. go. Um, uh, I, I can fix this one. Right. And, and part of that, to Lisa's point as well, is what what burden or responsibility am I taking on as the coach going into this session? And. This is, this is where Lisa got me for a second, was uh, checking my heart and my spirit back to, well, what is the role of a coach, right? Is it, is it my job? Is it on me that if this coaching session doesn't go well and this person I'm coaching uh, doesn't get all the answers that they were looking for or doesn't turn around and have the big impact, right, the aha moment, uh, or the or the big splash, or they don't even buy in to everything that that we talk about, or that we believe they ought to do with their financial lives, or or whatever that is, right? How much of that is on me? Because I can walk away from a coaching session thinking, oh, what a disaster. And that might have been the coaching session that that person needed. Mm -hmm. There have been coaching sessions where I walked away from it going, well, I didn't really, I didn't really say a whole lot. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much value they got out of that, but then I'll get a follow-up note later of you asked the right question that got me thinking about the right thing at the right time. And wow, what a, you know, and that's not to pump me up, but it's just, you'll get these types of messages from your clients and you'll, and you'll look back and think of it. Unless I know you've shared some stories about some of these in the past of like, I don't, I don't even remember what we talked about so much, <laughs> but to Lisa's point, you know, our job, Part of our job as a coach is to open up that space, mm -hmm. ask the right questions, ask good questions, and, and give our clients that ability to work through what's going on in their lives. And sometimes if that's all we do is sit and listen and ask questions, that can be some of the most powerful coaching that ever happens. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things, by the way, y'all, let, let me just call this out, especially for those of you that are new to this. 
you will often not see your impact in the immediate. Mm. It is sometimes a period of years before you see the impact that you had with a particular client. And so I do want to encourage you, for those of you that say, like, if my client fails, it's my failure. Two things. One, you're wrong. And I'm going to love you enough to tell you that. If a client fails, it is not your failure. Mm. But two, it may take a long time to see what that impact looks like. Because here's one of the interesting things. Uh, There's a great book called The Little Things by Andy Andrews. And he talks about this idea of this one degree of change at a time. And one degree of change in direction at a time doesn't look like much over a short period of time. But the further out you go, the farther and farther that becomes. It's why an airplane that's one degree off course will probably make it from like Nashville to Franklin because you can see it down the highway. But if you're trying to go from Washington, D.C. to England, we'll end up in Africa because one degree off course changes over a tremendous amount of time. You may only alter the course of your client's life by a single degree in the time that you're working with them. And in the first couple of days, weeks, months after that session, you're not going to see a one degree change, a one degree shift in their mindset. But look at over 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, what one degree of a mindset shift will do. And it will completely change the discussion. And, and so don't be afraid of, of not having huge breakthroughs. In fact, we talk about this within our team a lot. Coaches, if you're looking for a mic drop moment, you're missing the boat with your clients. Coaching is not a series of mic drop moments to be had. Coaching is a series of real conversations between real people trying to uncover real stuff to make real changes in our mindsets and our behaviors and our beliefs and our patterns. And and some aha moments will happen. But even if you have entire series of sessions with a client where there's no huge aha moment, a single degree of difference in each of those hours that you meet is going to set their life on a drastically different course over the period of their life. So don't miss that. And and again, you're not going to get to see it all. And that's okay. You know, I love aha moments. I love it when it comes from the client, however. <laughs> but I love being part of them. I don't want it to come from me. I want them to say it and then realize what they just said. <laughs> we experienced that, didn't we, Justin? We shared a call together, and a woman was talking about this, that, and whatever. I forgot what exactly the subject matter was. But uh, at that point, we were just giving her questions. And just asking her more to understand more about where she was coming from, right? And at one point, she said, well, I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> and Justin and I just laughed. Justin and I, neither one of us told her she needed to do anything. But in just our coaching her and just questioning her, she came up with her own conclusion. I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> and so that was an aha moment that came from her, not from me to her, right? And so I love aha moments, but it has to come from them. Because that means that I'm doing my job as a coach. Well, there's a danger there too, Les, right? We can can become um, aha moment manufacturers Mm -hmm. if we're not careful, right? So this this comes back to the mindset of the coach and the heart of a coach going into these coaching sessions. Um, If I'm going into it because that's what I want, that's the goal that I as the coach want, I want want them to have that aha moment. we got to be careful about that because that can lead us to wanting to try to manufacture that moment. Um, we're just the guide though. 
Mm-hmm. I know some people were ju- mm-hmm. jumping into the chat box and talking about that. Yeah, we're the guide. We're not the hero. We're the guide, not the hero. And, you know, honestly, some of you may be on this call and you, you may be saying, yeah, we've heard some of these phrases and messages before on Real Talks. And uh, Lisa, you even brought that up earlier today as we were prepping for this call. Like this, this sounds like something that, that we've talked about before. And y'all, that's true. The truth needs repeating. Because that's it's when we hear it more than once that it can really start to sink in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you think about insecurities. Um, I, I think of the famous quote by... Um, Henry Ford, what you think you can or can't, whether you think or can, whether you think you can or can't, you're correct. And so, you know, Lisa, when we think about the coaches out there, especially some of the newer coaches, they may have a lot of can'ts in their mind. And so to, to coat the can'ts, we make excuses, right? Yep. Help, help encourage some of these newer coaches with their can'ts. All right. Well, you know, the trick for me, uh, because boy, that word, it's such a short word, but yet you, you, you stumble big when it flows out of your mouth, it will cause a big fall, right? Such a little word. And um, my first thought always is, who told you, you can't? <laughs> I love who it. Who told you? And I have to ask myself that I mentioned right at the beginning and looking at the person in the mirror, who, who told you, Lisa, you can't do that. Who, who, who told you in, in, if, if, if there is a real reason, you know, I mean, there, there, there is a real cause for, I mean, I'm, I, I, I just had a hip replacement, right? I'm not going to run the half marathon ever again. I've chosen not to, I, but it's not that I can't, it's that I've chosen not to. If I chose to do it, then I would move that can't out of the way. But if I just get it in my head that I am focusing on my limitations, my physical limitations, then of course I can't. And it's the same way with our coaching. If, if I'm focusing only on my coaching limitations, rather than the things that do qualify me in this moment. And if anybody on this call said to you or said to me, I I feel like the Lord has called me to it. Well, then you go argue with him about Mm -hmm. that, what you can and can't do. You may end up in the belly of a fish for three days. That's happened before. (laughs) You know, but, but we are the person, we are our own opponent in this arena. We really are our own opponent. We can, unless I've even heard you say this before, someone may say something that's offensive, but I can choose to take it that way or not. Mm. I get to control my mindset about that. And it, it really is. Now, I'm saying this out loud as if it's easy. <laughs> Everything today, right? Everything not. we're saying today. No. It is not easy, but it really is taking captive those, guarding our heart, heart, taking captive our thoughts, submitting them to Christ, filtering our thoughts and our words through the love of Christ first. And then everything falls into order in those moments when we've said very little, Justin. 
when we've talked 10% of the time, y'all, that should be the norm anyway with our coaching, asking the questions, talking 10% of the time. When we fall into that and then we begin to ask ourselves, well, I, I didn't contribute. What, what did I do in that call? What did I did, hear the words? I, me, but I, I didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't, I did, I didn't, I did, I didn't. Instead what value did of, I provide? That's right. Me, I, me, I, it's all self-serving. And we are by nature as a coach, others serving. We, for in that very moment, all of a sudden, it's like a flip switch, bam, the light turns off, not on. And we go in the opposite. Now, now we're being led in the dark. And y'all, here, here's the, 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 the thing with all of that. I, I don't know how you're going to be able to, again, immediately, how do I take that, that thought captive? How do I guard my heart? Every one of you, well, number one, the word of God tells you how to do it. We can go right there. There's an instruction manual, but we are all, our hearts are all different and we're in all different places with this. Some of us have already dealt with a lot of this. And we're working through it and managing through it. And, and you know, something I was, I was talking to a, a friend here at work yesterday, um, and we were talking about our pride. We were just laying it all out on the table. And um, I, I said, just when I think I got it all figured out, something stupid comes out of my mouth or um, my thoughts are, boy, there's that pride. And, and it's the Lord showing me that he is continually purifying, always, always purifying the heart. And that's what you're doing here as coaches, you all. You're, you're maturing and being purified. You know, I, I've got a t-shirt a friend gave me that says, Jesus is my life coach. It's because he asks me the questions. He causes me to, to, to reflect and understand. And then what he wants me to do with that is the same thing for people that I meet, whether it's across the gas pump at the at the gas station or in the moment of a coaching session, formally, informally. It's because that's what he does, right? You sit with him quietly and let him ask you questions. So whatever it is, I would just encourage you, whatever it is that you need to do differently for yourself, whatever stage of this maturity you are in, Find it and commit to it. Just one thing, commit to it, because we know that it's a habit of the way we think. And then our following will be our behaviors. It's, it's, the, it's the same way with many concepts, right? We change the way that we think and our habits will then change. If we try to change a habit without truly believing in it, we're just going to go back to the habit. Right. All right. That, that would be my only thought on this. How do we overcome this? You're going to have to figure that out for yourselves, but I would encourage you to go to the instruction manual. Well, and there is something really special when that perspective shifts, right? There was a question that came in uh, privately to the chat box, and I want to address this question because I don't think it's the right question, but I think this is interesting. So uh, the question came in, what is your biggest fear that's holding you back? And, and honestly, I, I don't like this question because my biggest fear doesn't hold me back. My biggest fear is what pushes me forward. And part of this is I don't believe that fear is necessarily a bad thing. 
and some of the other coaches on the panel may disagree with me. I don't believe that fear is a bad thing if we have reasonable fears of the right thing. A reasonable fear of the right thing can, in fact, direct positive behavior. In fact, the book of Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right? And, and so there, there is, uh, an, I'm a, sorry, we got Noah laughing in the background on your headset there, Lisa. As I'm saying, as I was quoting Proverbs, we hear Noah's laughing. So there's that. Um, but uh, y'all, having the proper placed fear will actually cause us to do something differently, right? And, and so my greatest fear, you want to be, when it comes to especially these things of coaching, my greatest fear for being vulnerable here is irrelevance. That I, that I can no longer be relevant in the lives of other people, that I no longer have a purpose to live in, that I'm no longer having an impact. And so the fear of no longer being effective, the fear of no longer getting to do this, the fear of no longer getting to watch these transformations happen, the fear of not living in what I've been created and called by my creator and savior to do drives me to get up and go, even when it's scary. Because by the way, it is scary to walk into a difficult session. And it was mentioned earlier in the chat box, we never want you to lose that bit of nervousness. A little bit of fear keeps you honest. It keeps you focused. It keeps you going in the right direction. Mm. But I want to be more afraid of not honoring my creator because that will keep mm -hmm. me moving forward because the bigger fear is what will drive me. And so I'm going to challenge us. If you have a fear that's holding you back, take some time in the next week to look at what's the fear that's holding you back, but what are you afraid of that's even bigger? What, what's going to be that real thing that's going to push you? Because I can be afraid of a failed session, but if I'm more afraid of irrelevance and lacking in purpose, I'll take on a failed session all the time. Right? And by the way, every single thing that we do is, is choosing which thing we are less afraid of. It's dangerous on the highway, but I'm less afraid of driving on the highway than I am of showing up or not showing up to work anymore, showing up late. So I take on the, the risk, the fear of getting on the highway because it's going to get me to something better. Right? I have a fear when I walk into a session, I may fail with this client. I may not ask them good questions. I may not be a good guide for them. I may make this all about me. I may turn this into a mic drop moment where I feel good about myself at the end of the session, but what I've created for them was nothing of value. But if I'm more afraid of having no opportunity for change, if I'm more afraid of... I can avoid all that by just not talking to them at all. And I can guarantee that I don't fail by failing harder. That seems backwards to me, y'all. And, and so if we're asking the question, what is that fear that's holding you back? What's the fear that's pushing you forward? What do you actually want to accomplish? What is actually more important to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Justin, you had your own business. Did you have insecurities when you first went out there kind of on your own? No. <laughs> oh wait liar. This, is, this is the one that we tell the truth on right uh, jim's sorry, like liar sorry. you know i'm gonna go get the fire extinguisher for justin's pants <laughs> yep uh absolutely uh i i don't know how you can not um maybe some of you can but i i absolutely yeah well, there's, there's, Stepping a out of, into doing... there's a lot of coaches that are new sure and how can you identify with them? How can they identify with where you were at some point? You know, there was a part of that journey that was really exciting for me. Yeah. Um, because, because I knew I was doing something that could have a big impact on people. And that's really why I got into it 
is because that, that was what was driving me. Uh, a big portion of that was just, I, I knew I had something that could help a lot of people, especially people that I didn't feel like were getting served well by the marketplace. Um, and so that's one of the big things. Oh, I imagine that. <laughs> um, but, you know, of course it comes with a lot of, it absolutely came with a lot of insecurities for me. Uh, how am I going to feed my family? Right? We're, we're a single income family. I have a wife and, and three kids and a dog, um, <laughs> but she's fine. But it's like, yeah, if I don't, if I don't perform, if I don't get paid, we don't eat. And that there was, um, so going back to what Tim was talking about earlier. Yeah. I had some, I had some fears and insecurities about saying the right thing, giving the right advice. You know, how can I find clients? A lot of the questions that we get in, in our development calls in FCMT and, you know, other things as well. Um, and those were certainly real concerns, and I still would have some hangups from time to time. But honestly, the bigger fear, going to Tim's point, that drove me was if I don't do this, if I don't step out and be bold, mm. if I don't ask for the business, if I don't mm. follow through on the things that I say that I'm supposed to do, then I'm, I'm not only not serving my clients, but I'm not serving my family. And that was a big fear for me. I didn't want to let my family down. Uh, you, you talked earlier less about um, your wife believing in you, having that confidence in you more than you did about that first coaching session. And I found that was 100% true for me as well. My wife had a lot more confidence in me and my abilities than I did stepping out into it. She, she put a lot of confidence into me and she would spur me on to go and do the things that she knew that I could do and she definitely knew that I should do, <laughs> right? She had a different perspective on it. And so having that person in my corner to help give me confidence really helped me a lot, going back to what Tim was talking about. So yeah, and, and here's the thing. I think, Les, you touched on this a little bit earlier in the call today. Coaches, it shouldn't shock us that over time, as you grow and mature, your insecurities will change. <laughs> your fears will change. And it'll be different ones. And sometimes it can feel a little bit like whack-a-mole, right? You smash a few down and something else pops up. Like, didn't I deal with all these? I thought I was okay. I thought I was good. But no, now I'm in a different phase of life. Now I'm in a different phase of my career. Now I'm in a different phase of my practice. I'm, I'm taking on bigger, different challenges. And that's going to come with some different insecurities. Some different fears are going to pop up for you uh, in your first year of coaching and in your 20th year of coaching. I don't know that this is something we can ever fully get away from on this side of life, but you know we should expect that as coaches. And when those insecurities, when those fears pop up, I love some of the questions that Tim has armed us with and Lisa as well, right? Who told you that? Mm -hmm. what's, what's, what's bigger than the fear that you're feeling right now? That's from Tim. I love these questions. These are self-introspective questions that we should be asking ourselves. And by the way, I know we harp on this a lot in our calls on Real Talk, but it's true. Coaches, you should have a coach too. You should have a mentor, someone else in your life that is helping you see some of these things and helping spur you on to, to greater heights, to better and bigger impact, right? Like Tim was talking about, my fear, he said, my fear is not having an impact, being ineffective. Yeah, well, sometimes coaches, we need someone in our corner 
a coach that can help us go to those places and ask the questions, the hard questions of us. And hopefully you hear some of that in our, in our heart and in our conversation today and on some of the calls that we host here at Ramsey, but we can't be there for you every day. Just like you're not going to be there every day for your client. And so have somebody in your side that's going to be your mentor, going to be your coach, going to be someone who can talk into your life and ask you the hard questions. Don't try to do this thing alone. That's, that's a phrase you'll hear from us pretty often. Don't try to do this coaching thing alone. That's a lonely place to be. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about having somebody in our corner. You know, the bottom line for me is knowing that God's in my corner. And even though I had those insecurities 30 years ago, I knew he called me to do this. I knew that he put this passion in me. And everybody on this call, I'm going to make the assumption that you have a passion inside of you. And it might've been for two years, it might've been for five years, it might've been for six months, right? But you have this passion inside you. And I believe that's placed there by your creator. And guess what? He wouldn't give you that passion. He wouldn't give you that heart of a coach to just sit and let it be dormant, right? To Tim's point, it's there it would almost, it would be such a waste. It would almost, you know, be a sin against God to not take it because he's placed it there. Now, what are we going to do with it? I, I, I had a plaque years ago when I was little and it said that, you know, gifts God gives you. What you do with them is your gift back to God. <laughs> and so the reality is you can actually gift God back the gift he gave you by using it, right? And helping others. And so the reality is we can't allow our excuses to stop that. But excuses are always there, Tim. Mm -hmm. How do we look at excuses and say, okay, that's actually legitimate, but you know, that's, that's baloney right there. It's like, how do we decipher through those? Again, you started your own practice too, you know, about eight years ago. So how do you, how do you decipher through an excuse versus an actual holdback, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things to look at is, it is, is it under my control or not, right? Anything yeah. that is 100% under my control, if I'm letting that stop me, it's an excuse. Right? And by the way, we all have some good reasons, some good challenges, some, some times that we could say, you know what, I, I, I can't do this, right? Uh, I saw Sierra mentioning here in the chat box being very open and vulnerable on some things that she's been walking through. Right? And one of the things I love about that conversation that she mentioned, it's not a conversation full of excuses. And there are a lot of you who, like Sierra, have a spot where you're looking at your life and you're saying, there's some things I've been through. You don't know my past. You don't know my history. You don't know these things I'm going through. And those may all be real and valid, but you also get some level of choice. Right? And so one of the things that's important to realize is you can't control what other people did to you mm. or what has been done to you by the world, by history, whatever, you can choose your response to it. And so, by the way, there, there's things, it's not an excuse if I can't choose my response to it. But if, if I go talk to that person at the gas pump and talk to them about the possibility of coaching and they tell me to pound sand and they never want to see me again, that's not an excuse, right? That is a very legitimate thing. I did what I could within my abilities and they chose to not respond in a way that I would hope. It's not an excuse. But if I say, I'm worried, I probably shouldn't talk to them because they might tell me to pound sand and I'll and never talk to them again. That's an excuse. I'm taking the thing that's under my control 
whether or not I'm going to go start that conversation. And I'm using it as a reason to not do the thing that I meant to do. And so ask yourself, is this under my control or not? Am I looking for a way to get out of this? Or am I actually looking for, no, this is what I want to do. And how do I do more of what I've made to do? I put it in the chat box, Ephesians 2.10. And for the person who's asking, this is from the NIV version. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Mm. Now, that's, that's how I that'll, view every single day. <laughs> when that'll I preach. wake up every single day, I realize I am God's handiwork. Mm-hmm. I was created. My days were numbered before I was on this planet. And there is work that God has put in my path to do with the years, with the days, with the months that he has given me. And I can either live in that or I can look for excuses. I choose not to live with excuses. Mm-hmm. Lisa, we got about five minutes. Well, we said a lot. <laughs> so how do we encourage, especially all these newer coaches, we have a bunch said that this is the first time they're with us today. How do we encourage mm-hmm. them? Because this is real. These, these insecurities, these excuses, they are real. How do how talk talk to all the coaches that are with us today, and and just encourage them to work through this. Yeah. Well, as you say that, the first thing that comes to my mind is y'all. Your feelings are true. Yes. The question we have to ask ourselves is: Are they right? Mm-hmm. Is is the feeling in the moment lying to us or distracting us? Is it is it causing us to? focus on those insecurities, shine the light on it. So, you know, when you, even earlier, as I was thinking through some of the things that Tim and Justin were saying, you know, what are ways that, because we can encourage you on this call and hopefully you'll walk away from this being encouraged, but just like in your coaching, the real work begins after the call for your clients, for you, because we have to go and do It's not enough to just say, wow, I heard a word. I heard truth. It's now it's for us to ask ourselves now, what can I and will I do about it? And it, maybe it is a guarding of our heart first. Maybe, maybe it is building our team. Justin mentioned his, his wife. She believes in him more so than any physical person on this earth. And, Mm -hmm. and so if you've got to have those people, you know, and, and it, so it's in the form of your spouse's, oh, I think it was Augusta on the call. I'm going to call you out because you said, my daughter told me I should do this. Didn't even know it was a thing. Someone saw something in, in Augusta that Augusta hadn't seen. And, and that was the case for me. And you all probably can look back through your lives and see that too. Who are my people? And you know what? They're not just cheerleaders, y'all. We, we need the raw, raw, raw sometimes. But they're the people who invest in our lives. So who is investing themselves in you? And that doesn't mean that they're teaching you, training you. That means they sit in front of you or will sit with you and just listen. And and they will direct you, put you, point you back to the truth. Is that true? Because here's the thing, y'all. It, 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 another thing, I don't know if Justin or Tim, if you all said that with this, but you said, who's in your corner? You know, that paints a picture. Less one of your favorite movies is Rocky. You know, who's, who's in your corner? The thing is, is that it, it, we might be stepping out onto that mat or into that ring 
by ourselves, but we should never be isolated or alone because it's a great space for the enemy to play, right? He's the one that's going to step in and give you direct. He's not going to be your opponent. Y'all remember who the opponent is. It's you that you're looking in the mirror at. The enemy isn't your isn't your opponent in that point. He he becomes your coach. Ugh. It's pretty gross, mm. right, to think of it that way. He's the one influencing you to make choices and decisions and stuff to fight someone else's fight or fight somebody else's battle instead of how you were created to fight. So that would be my thoughts. What do I have to do today? What's necessary for me to do today to, 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 to find growth in this area? So that when I sit in front of that client, when I, you know, again, the gas pump thing, don't worry about whether or not you talk about money. Y'all just go talk to people. Let's start there. (laughs) Just go get into involved in somebody's life. And, and, and whether you feel like you look like a fool or not, it makes no difference. Y'all truly the fool is the one who stands in the shadows. All right, mm-hmm. lurking and waiting, just waiting for the opportunity, Les. So, man, thank yeah. you, um, Les, for bringing this topic of conversation up. Yeah, and certainly don't wait until you have all the right equipment and tools and technology. And when I talked about getting trained 30 years ago, you know what I had? It's one of these <laughs> and one of these. That's yep. it. <laughs> there was no such thing as personal computers and I'm so kind of surprised paper existed by that point. I thought you were still right, using like right. tablets. <laughs> no, so that not like iPads, like actual stone <laughs> tablets with chisels. Well, we're out of time, folks. I, I, I wish we could, I wish we could give Tim more time to elaborate, but uh, no, this this is an important topic, and I know we laugh and we have fun, but the coaches we do care about you we care about your success we care about you being able to and when we say your success guess what you're defining it we're not right and so what do you want to do with this as a coach uh either as a ministry as a business maybe the combination of the two but what do you want and just go after what you want and you know do it scared right i love that phrase do it scared it doesn't matter we're all scared at some point and do it anyway right and so we really do. We appreciate you. We're fans of you. We cheer you on from here at Ramsey Solutions. And uh, we love the opportunity to meet you anytime we can. And so if you're on vacation this summer, come on by and see us. And we'll come down and hang out with you. Um, thank you, coaches. Appreciate you. And uh, join us in uh, two weeks, Tim. Is that what it is? Yeah, about that. <laughs> okay. Watch your emails. That's where we send the invites. He, and by he, usually the way, has the, he usually has the calendar in his head, so I was kind of relying on that. <laughs> we do record these, by the way, so if anyone missed it or if you want to watch this again, uh, if you want to find past episodes on the left side of your screen in FCMT Online, you'll see the tab that says Real Talk. Click there, and that will take you to the library of past recordings. Uh, so make sure you go check those out as well. A lot of additional hours for you to learn and grow and to develop yourself there. Excellent. Thanks, Tim. All right. So on behalf of Lisa, Tim, and Justin, God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take care.